0: Welcome to Shock Your Potential, business podcast meets radio talk show. My guests are everyday people trying to make a difference in leadership, sales, and customer service. I apply the Tell Me More principles from my book to help each person facilitate a solution that works for them. Join us today as we meet another great person trying to make a difference in this world. Thank you for joining us again on Shock Your Potential, the podcast that uh, deals with business issues that are fabulous. And particularly, I'm looking for excellence in leadership, sales, and customer service, and I like to highlight businesses where people are really facing struggles, joys, successes, but a love overall of what they do. And I have a great guest on today. Well, I probably say that about every guest I have because I enjoy most people that I have uh, brought on and others I enjoy through the conversation. But today I have a very special uh, person. Her name is Kelly Hogan, and she is not only a very talented uh, young woman, but she is also Well, she could kick your butt. And uh, I mean that literally because uh, she happens to be in the kickboxing industry and is a part owner in a, a few different locations in the Pacific Northwest. So I want to be able to learn a little bit more about her, her business, and share some of the things that she knows have shocked her in her life. So welcome, Kelly. Thank you for joining me today.
1: Hi there, Michael. I'm super excited. Love that intro.
0: I think it's always good to uh, clarify that you could kick my butt without a without any uh, <laughs> dialogue about that. So tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, you know just a little little bit about your business just to get us uh,
1: rolling. Yeah, sure, sure. I'd love to. So. Um, actually, it's funny, my degree was in musical theater, so I started my life journey in adulthood in musical theater. Which New- I
0: can't wait to talk about further as as we go along. So, yes, keep going. Sorry I interrupted you.
1: <laughs> oh, it's good. So, I went from tap dancing to kickboxing, which is quite the jump. But um, I was living in New York City and just feeling. You know, it was exciting and I was traveling a lot, but it just didn't feel um, stable enough. I'm very type A personality and I went hard work to be rewarded and to move up the ladder. So I decided to um, move out to Washington for a change. And I was a member at I Love Kickboxing in New York. And there was one location there in Washington. So I applied to be an instructor and fell in love with it went into management with them, um, We got really close with the owner, grew the business massively. He wanted to open three more locations. And so I, you know, put my name in the hat and was like, hey, I would love to be a part of this with you. So me, him and his wife went in and opened three more studios.
0: You know, I love it because what, first of all, uh, you know, what gave you the confidence just to pick up and move all the way across the U.S.?
1: Real talk. My ex lived there at the time. So I wanted to go somewhere where I knew someone and I had really left that relationship to do musical theater and felt that I was sacrificing a lot and I had missed an opportunity there. So I, he was the only person I knew when I moved out here. So that was part of it. But the other part of it was, I was just, I knew I needed a career change. Like I wasn't, I, I I felt like I had done it. I had succeeded. I had done some shows in New York, but I fast forwarded what my life would look like, you know, waiting tables in my forties, trying to get the, big and just wasn't feeling that. So kind of a two-parter with that one.
0: Well, you know, and it's great too, because as I um, do more of these podcasts, it's amazing how people's, you know, personal lives end up shaping and shifting their professional lives. And, you know, we all have a backstory. We all have something that, you know, that leads us in different directions. So, you know, it's, uh, there's a lot of mix in there. So it's very interesting to know that that's how you got there.
1: Yeah. And I'm super thankful. And even though the relationship is no longer there, like this Washington is my place. Like I love the Pacific Northwest and being a business owner is an incredible, like, exciting journey. So I'm loving it too.
0: So what made you... Now, when you were in New York, were you just a member of the I Love Kickboxing studio there or were you an instructor there? And then you know, how did you take
1: that leap? Yeah. So I was just a member and um, I wouldn't have seen myself as an instructor. A lot of my journey came from like other, I don't know, just ideas coming into my head from seeing other people, like people I looked up to. So um, one of the girls I had just done a show with um, in New York City, we danced together in a show. She instructed there and she was the one who was like, hey, come try class. And I tried it. I loved it. She was an amazing instructor and she used her musical theater. We're putting on a show to teach the class. And that made me think, wow, like if she can do this, I I, I can do this. So it really put the spark in my head just seeing her. So then when I was moving and I knew I wanted to do something related to fitness, that kind of popped up. And I did some other things. I taught Zumba and um, I did teach acting in Seattle at first. So I had my hands in a couple buckets before I really landed on this kickboxing thing.
0: You know, kickboxing is always very daunting to me. Um, I have not done it other than, you know, as a kind of a pseudo part of different exercise classes. But I've really enjoyed, you know, looking at uh, the website and watching your Facebook page, because it doesn't just seem like exercise, it seems like a community. So, you know, tell me what, what makes that happen there in your studios? first off, next time we ever meet in person, I'm going to have you. Take a I know. Class, so <laughs> I'm going to have to take a class. I know there's going to be pictures. I, I feel it coming already
1: <laughs> be on your Instagram. So everybody listening, look out for that. Um, oh boy. But as far as the community, yes, that's a huge, huge part of our business model. Um, it starts with social media. You know, we're in the age of social media now. Our studio has a private Facebook group and then we have a business page. And the private group, we try to get as many people as possible in there. We hold people accountable. We do shout outs if if people don't come to class. Uh, We welcome people to the family with pictures. Uh, We really use that group as a more personal group. But then beyond that, all of our instructors post so much activity on their walls, their check ins, um, any promotions that we're offering. Um, same with our business page, we have that as well. So we do a lot of Facebook messages, Facebook reach outs, social media. You know, attack is our is our really our model for holding people accountable through that way.
0: Yeah, I've yeah, it was fun to read some of the comments of people like, "I promise I'll be there on Monday," and and I think that that's true. Is that um, any kind of positive habit in our life? Uh, that is tough. Eating right, exercising, meditation—you know, those are some key ones with me right now. It you need a community to support you, or at least somebody in your corner that's going to support you. And on the days that you're like, I just don't want to go, you you kind of need somebody to kick you in the butt <laughs> and say, "Come on, we want you there." You know, you're going to feel better when you do it.
1: Yep, that is exactly it. And we do challenges as well. We just did a 45 day challenge where. You post before and after pictures, commit to making two diet changes and come to class three times a week. You know, we gave everyone a checklist. So they come to the desk, they check off their checklist when they come to class. And it's just amazing. Like you said, the accountability factor is hard to, you know, you hear it. Oh, you need a workout buddy. And you just kind of glaze over that. But it really is true.
0: What did it take for you? You know, you you had this position. I know that you were more than just an instructor, as you helped uh, build the initial business up. You know, what gave you the uh, you know the guts behind it to say, hey, you know what? I want to be a part of this and put yourself forward because because becoming a business owner at this level at your age, and you know, not that you're young or old, but you know, I mean, it's that's a a huge undertaking for you know someone um, you know where you are in your life and. It takes a lot of guts to put yourself forward like that and, and make that kind of statement. You know, what went through your head before you said I want to be a part of this and I want to be a part owner in this as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I was 27 when it happened. So I would say that's pretty young for a business owner. But I like how you said neither young nor old right there.
0: <laughs> You're perfect.
1: <laughs> um, I think the the main thing was the confidence grew because I saw the effect, like I saw how my presence in the studio grew the business. I saw, I knew I had a vision for what I wanted to bring. And that was very personal attention, knowing everybody's names, making everybody feel special. And the energy that I brought to it, like the instructor started to vibrate towards that. And then I would hire people who had that same vision. And so then they had that like kind of vibrating energy and then the members had that energy. So it wasn't right away, but over time I got confidence that I could invest in myself. I mean, because essentially it's investing in my ability to do this again, um, number two, number three, number four, when I had already done it, number one. So that, that helped. And then again, coming back to the theme of other people putting seeds in your head, (laughs) you know, I had a a friend who told me, man, I I heard that Jeff wants to open more studios. I might reach out to him and see if he uh, needs anybody to be part owner, you know, and the minute that happened, I said, Hey, wait a minute. If anybody's going to be part owner, it's going to be me. So I told her we're really good friends. I'm like, Hey, I'm going to have the same conversation with him. <laughs> so it kind of was a kick in the butt, you know, <laughs> like I like real talk about things like this. Cause sometimes when people tell their stories, they glaze over, you know, their, that little elements, how much, you know, luck and chance can come into things like this. So she put that in my head and you know, I, I went home and, you know, scheduled a dinner and made poster boards and, you know, all this stuff to prove why I should be in there. But I I went way over the top, you know, I, I had already provided my value. <laughs> so I pretty much could have just said, hey, can I go in with you? And he would have said, absolutely. You know, he, he had really seen throughout time and we gained to would tr- learn to trust me. So it was a very easy conversation more than I thought it would be, if that makes sense. <laughs> But I think
0: that yeah, well, it does. But I also think you know, just the act of putting together you know your storyboards and your you know and to really create a marketing campaign for yourself, not only shows your belief in yourself, but it shows your dedication to just one more, just one more thing, um, you know. And that's kind of a little bit of my my theory, especially in customer service, is that. You know, if we provide that one more element, that one more, you make that one more call. That was a subject of, uh, you know, a conference uh, that I listened to yesterday. You know, just one more call on a Friday, you know, just one more step, just one more thing. It really takes it the extra mile. So, yes, you probably could have gotten, you know, the same end result. But I think the process, do you think that made you feel stronger just, you know, putting it all on paper? This is why I'm great.
1: <laughs> yes, I do. I do. And I think that just showed to my personality and probably reaffirmed his already gut instinct that he should bring me into the business. You know, like, look at this girl making poster boards and all she needed to do is, you know, have lunch with me. But that is the kind of person I want to be as part owner in my company. So, yeah.
0: I- yeah, and I think it's it's about affirmations because I know both you and I have done the uh uh John Lee Dumas uh freedom journal. And you know, and and during that the 100 days and I've got 30 days left on my first book, just that that process every morning of reaffirming by writing down what your what your goal is is you know, it, you see it, you write it, you feel it, it becomes kind of immeshed en- in you.
1: Yep, top of mind in a world of so much distraction too. How's it going? Are you able are you sticking with it? Is it Helpful for you?
0: I, it has been absolutely phenomenal, and it's part of uh, you know. I think that you've also seen my stars. What I'm trying to do to uh, you know accumulate my star every day, and I get a gold star if I have exercised for at least thirty minutes every day, uh, because I realize I can't just take two days off. And maybe my exercise is walking. You know that's fine. The last couple of days, I've had the luxury of being at you know a resort with a, an incredible gym, so I've you know had great you know much more uh, intense workouts. Um, but that, you know, active exercising at least 30 minutes a day, writing in my journal and then meditating the, um, those three things alone have earned me my gold star, but the focus that it brings me to my journaling and the business planning has been substantial.
1: You know? I love it. Yes. Taking care of yourself first, before you take care of your business. Like my, I always try to do my morning routine you know, which has journaling, meditating, gratitude is a big part, and then get into my priorities for the business. So what's my big thing that's going to move the business forward? And then I open the email inbox and check everybody else's, you know, requirements for me for that day. So that's a really, the key to stay focused. I love that.
0: And it's, you know, I think now I'm seeing it at a higher level of success for me personally. So yeah, it just builds on itself. So let me uh, ask you a question then. So now you are part owner in three, in three of these studios and the the Pacific Northwest, so the Tacoma area. So now you have a huge team. You have a a much bigger focus. So you have a a great leadership responsibility on your shoulders. You have a primary focus with these uh, studios to not only provide an excellent service, but have a great experience for your customers, your clients. Um, But how do you ensure that, that your whole team is able to continually provide that same level of service when you're not looking? What's, what's the secret that you've found?
1: That is a challenge. So I think it never is going to be 100% perfect. Um, so there are two studios currently open right now and two more to go. Um, so I'm still learning as I'm going for sure. But each studio has a manager and then an assistant manager and then full-timers and part-timers. So I oversee the managers. So the biggest thing is like in my head, it always starts with leadership. So Um, If you have strong leaders, then that filters down to the team. I make it a huge priority to meet with my managers every Monday, chat with them about their plan for the week. Thursday is accountability. So I'm following up with them on their plan for the week. And then during the week, I'm popping into the studios to take a class or to be behind the desk to hear part of the process. So it's hard sometimes because I am one person and I do have that question of you know, okay, they're on their game. You know, like last night I was there, the four o'clock class, it was amazing. Their energy was off the hook. They signed up three new members. And then I wondered, okay, what about the rest of the night? You know, so there, there is there is that question, but it comes to making sure my leaders are strong, um, holding people accountable, showing my face in the business. And then we do trainings. So we do monthly trainings on the model. So the great part about being a franchise is there are systems in place. So if the team can master these systems, then there's no guesswork, you know, but the human being element there, I'll go behind the desk and be like, oh my gosh, we just trained on this last week and you're not doing it at all. So there's that human element of, of that as well.
0: You know, the key is just what you said, I think is that, you know, you have a, a process, you train to it, you, you expect it, you follow up, you, so you look at it, but it never stops. And I remember long ago, I had a, a, manager who worked for me, who said, but I, but I told them, I told them to do this and they're not doing it. And I remember just this, the shock on his face of, you know, I can't believe we walked in and they aren't doing it. I told them and I started laughing. And I, and I remember saying, look, I'm not laughing at you. Cause I'm laughing at me when I, you know, had my first management job because I, I, you sound exactly like I did decades ago. And that's a sense of, I told them, why aren't they just doing it? I'm like, well, because if you don't teach them constantly over and over, if you don't model it over and over and over, if you don't follow up over and over and over again, you don't have any chance. But even when you do teach it over and over again and talk about it and train to it and follow up over and over and over again, you still are never going to reach perfection because we deal with human beings.
1: Yes, and I (laughs) like my assistant manager is young. He's twenty years old. Same thing. He's like, I made a Facebook post about this, and nobody on the team did it. I'm like, well, Adam, you know, one Facebook post isn't really going to generate the result that you want. Then I have another team member, uh, my manager, who gets so in a tizzy. Like they, they're not, you know, they aren't listening. So just try to keeping her to remain calm and listen to that piece of advice. the, The putting things into action into people's bodies instead of just telling them and then follow up, follow up, follow up. And I had to learn about follow up myself because I'm a very go, go, go person and it's important to stop and look, you know, and, and follow up. So that's a huge key that got me to the, my next level, I would say in leadership.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So now you know that one of my focuses is uh, you know as I look to find great examples of customer service and sales and leadership, and I I highlight only the good ones. <laughs> so it doesn't mean that I don't have bad ones because I have plenty of those as well. But I only highlight the good uh, because I'm always trying to take something away from that um, and use it to you know be a part of me and and what I do and my message and and you know the things I'm trying to accomplish. So you know, do you have? If you think about different sales and customer service or leadership experiences that you've witnessed or you've been the recipient of that have really stuck with you, is there one that, that sticks out in your mind?
1: Yes, there absolutely is. So um, her name is Kelly as well, so double Kelly's. She's the East Coast Kelly. She um, basically started I Love Kickboxing. Michael Perella is the CEO, and she was his Kelly as I was my owner's Kelly back in the day. So she really was the, the neck that turned the head, if you will. <laughs> so. Um, What stood out to me about her is she was always growing. She was always developing. Every time I saw her speak, she got better. And so that motivated me to see that change. Um, And she worked on herself all the time. And she made it public. Like the things that she learned about herself or on her journey, she shared that. So I saw like the human in her and I saw the growth in her um, along with the business side. So it really came more from just the person versus the business side, if that makes sense. Um so I've really like tried to model that with with my with myself as far as what sharing what I learn on my journey, um motivating women to like love their bodies and to just be happy with who they are now as they work on themselves. And to me that's leadership when you have the whole package.
0: That's a really interesting statement that you just made because now I've been, you know, on this for me just personally, um you know, I'm I'm at that wonderful stage in life (laughs) that women of a certain age go through. Uh, It's very challenging. It's harder to maintain, you know, uh, physical fitness and, you know, uh, a weight that you'd be happy with, with uh, things changing. And I, um, it's funny because I just actually, when I was walking in, I worked out before we did this taping today, and I saw a woman walking through the hotel on her way to the gym. And I looked at her and I thought, gosh, I want to I want to be that skinny that fit whatever it is. And it it struck me that I had that thought because usually I'm pretty good with who I am, where I am, but you just said I want women to and men probably as well, want people to love their body wherever they are in their journey. That's that's really that's that's a different focus. Tell me a little bit about that. I like that concept.
1: That, you know, is just has come to me in my own Journey of fitness, being really hard on myself or really critical, you know, in my 20s and how it didn't serve me. And over time, and through development, through listening to podcasts, again, coming back to that theme of other people putting sparks in your head and seeds in your head, that you are beautiful, you are perfect right now as you are. Everything about you, you know, look at yourself in the mirror, look at yourself in the eyes, and know that, like, you are an amazing human being, regardless of your body shape and size, regardless of know if you're having troubles in your life you know that you are perfect right now so accepting that and embracing that reality puts you in so much more of a positive place to then go better your life so to me that mindset shift is step one and for me it was so relief to release you know pressure and guilt to be anything else other than exactly who I am let me really shine so then I was coming from a more positive place as I was doing these activities drinking these green smoothies or working out You know, honestly, I got into the best shape of my life without trying when I shifted my mindset. And so that is something that I personally want to bring to women and men, but women are mostly who I see do this to themselves in my business. They come in and they're just really down on themselves and really broken. And I want them to fix that mindset first and then start kicking butt with me on the bag, (laughs) you know?
0: Yeah. And I love it too, because you, I I almost expect you to to say when you said they're broken and I want. And I almost, you know, my first reaction is I want to fix them instead of have them fix that themselves, their mindset so that we can fix the rest together. And that's I, that's a fantastic way to look at it.
1: Yeah. And so that's what I, I took that element of sharing what you're learning and putting that on social media. So if you've ever followed my Instagram or my Facebook, it's a lot of like telling women they're beautiful, they're magical, they're perfect right now, because there's not a lot of that, that people say. It's a lot of you can look like this, or you can be this, you know, or, you know, keep pushing to get this. And and all of that is great, but I want people to see that they're perfect right now as well.
0: Right. And it makes your journey easier along the way. Very good. I also wrote down, as you were talking, it didn't serve me. And I think that's a great message um, for all of us to remember that there's things in our lives that you know, whether it's mental, it's, you know, physical, it's relationships that don't serve us and to recognize those things and choose not to do them or choose not to believe them or choose not to engage in them. That takes a lot of strength, but the payoff can be substantial.
1: Yep. Always reflecting what isn't serving you and releasing that so you can make room for more things that do.
0: So back to, you know, well, it's still, you know, very tied to your business, but looking at your business right now, what is the greatest challenge that you face right now with your business or in your business that you know that once you master it it's going to shock the potential of these the current locations you have open plus the ones coming, you know, what do you what do you face right now?
1: Yes, so I have a big one for you. Um, so Oh boy. That's been open for 2 years. It's the it's the biggest business that I've owned. So the first one is relatively small in a very small area. This one is three times the size. So it's very large, just to give you context. Um, and my manager of that studio um, feels very overwhelmed. She feels that she has so many jobs that she's not doing diving deep enough into. She's more hitting the surface of all the jobs and feeling like she's just juggling these balls and she's dropping them. My challenge is to... Do I take things off of her plate or is that babying her, you know, or do I coach her on how to do all these jobs? But kind of finding that balance between where she can do all of the job requirements, but I'm also not overburdening her with so much. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely. And I think that probably a number of people listening, as well as me remembering, you know, what started to make my shift as a leader, um, you know, it just takes me right back to where I was you know, at different times, because I think I, I reached that personally many times. But let me ask you first. So, you know, tell me more about this. What have you done with her so far?
1: Yeah. So, so far we, we had like a, you know, come to Jesus conversation where she burst into tears and just like, I can't do this. And it's affecting, you know, my home life, like my work life balance and all that stuff. So, um, you know, I said, I'm very, I like to simplify things. What is the number one thing that is making you unhappy about your job? What is the number one, most overwhelming thing? That if you got that off of your plate would make it better, you know. So she told me it was billing, you know, dealing with cancellations and and all those stories, you know, that kind of thing. So she said, if that could be off of my plate, you know, I could dive deeper into training the staff. I could dive deeper into marketing. Um, so for her saying billing made me happy because if she would have said, like, you know, I can't I hate being in the studio or training the team, then it wouldn't be the right job for her, you know. That could, that could be a challenge. Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I hate coming in the door every day.
1: (laughs) I'd be like, Oh, well, okay. But since it was billing, um, that is something that no one likes. So I took that off her plate. Honestly, I said, okay, starting on Monday, you are no longer doing billing. Use those hours to spend extra time with our staff, um, to spend extra time marketing. And just know, since I am doing this billing that puts more expectation on you to really help create the team. Um, so then my plan is to hire someone else to do the billing element. So that's part one, taking the biggest thing off of her plate. And then part two is investigating how she's using her time and making sure she's working smarter, not harder in those other elements. And then part three is her. I said, Liz, it is your responsibility to create work-life balance, you know, your You need to know how to shut things off and how to set boundaries. I can't help you with that part of it. You need to figure out how to make your relationship with your husband better and not, you know? So there's an element of she needs to take responsibility. I need to take responsibility and we work together. That's where I'm at so far.
0: (laughs) So, how's that working for you?
1: You know, it's very new. So, it's just been this week, but I see the light in her spirit more already. So, it was a sigh of relief getting the hardest thing off of her plate. Uh, but I still question myself, like, you know, is that catering to her, or babying her? Because in the past, my leadership style, I've been too nice, and I've let people walk over me versus the other way. Some people are too tough, and they need to realize how they're communicating to people. I, My tendency are to be too nice. So I always have that in the back of my head. You know, am I being too nice, or is this right? Exactly.
0: Well, and the reason I ask how it's working for you, because even if it's a couple days... I. You know, my, my question is more, you know, to watch because when, when people reach that point where they are completely overwhelmed, there's a couple of things, they don't know what to do anymore. And she can be the smartest person in the world and the most talented that is, you know, not yet fully realized. But when you become so far in the muck, That you can't see, that you get to that point where, you know, you're bursting in tears. And I've seen it. I've been there. (laughs) I remember doing it myself at least three times in my career as I reached really different high levels. Um, You know, when you don't know and you're that frustrated, you can't see anymore. You know, you can't see a way out. So even sometimes saying, okay, I'll take the billing off. And I don't think that's catering to her. I think that's, you know, that's taking the number one stress off, which is important. Um, But the other thing is still, you know, it's possible she's not sure how to create the new world for herself. And so that's where, you know, you, know, my, you know, my theory of tell me more is really about trying to get somebody to the point where they go, oh my God, okay, if I do this, this, and this, and this, then I can find that peace. So I think it's multiple conversations, and I think you've had the first one to take the immediate stressor. But if she doesn't know <clears throat> how to fill those other hours yet, she's just going to start to fill them with other things that feel good because now, okay, I don't have that. Now I have to rush and fill other things in. And it's really about helping her realize what does that look like? How are you planning? You now tell me about it. Now that you have this off your shoulders, tell me more. how does that feel? Oh, it feels so much better. Well, it feel better to me, too because I hate Billing. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> and I loved it. You know, when I was responsible for hundreds of millions of dollars, you know, my my VP of uh, finance would always say, you know, okay, I need you to analyze this, this, and this. And I'm like, no, you analyze it and tell me what I need to know because I have other things to do than work on spreadsheets.
1: <laughs> yes, and I'm taking this job on. I gave myself two weeks of doing billing, and then I'm hiring and training someone else to do it. So.
0: But I think for her, she's at a, a a really critical point that if you can help her to gain the, the strength in knowing, okay, now I have that off, I've had the sigh of relief, now what am I going to do? What's important? She will gain a great deal more confidence con- continuing to talk to you to help develop her plan.
1: And you can help guide along the way. I love, love, love everything you're saying. I wrote, tell me more down. (laughs) So, (laughs) Um, She seems to have lost her confidence as a manager. You know, she felt like she wasn't right for the position. She wasn't wanting to quit because she didn't want to be there. She more of almost got to the point where like I, somebody could do this better because I'm failing at all these things. So I think it's huge that I remain in communication with her and help guide her to how to fill those extra hours and how to really create, more depth in each of these areas versus making her do it all herself so i love that
0: well and i think too um i really think that it's a strong i i used to let me let me be honest i used to think that when people came to me who worked for me and were like that, you know, I don't think I can handle it. I'm not the good one. I used to, my first reaction, honestly, years ago was, Oh God, don't waste my time. I need somebody to do the job. (laughs) And, and over time I realized, well, that's not fair. There's something really to me. Now I look at it and say, wow, you actually care about this business enough to recognize that, that there's challenges that you're facing and you don't want to fail me or the company. To me, that's something that really represents a high quality um, character of a person that they go, oh my gosh, I think I'm failing. And that's when I really run to that person and try to surround them with a lot of my attention and talk because once you can get them past that, not only will they be stronger leaders over time, but they will then in turn see that in their own teams and recognize it earlier with people. So they won't let their people get burned out because they'll be watching it differently.
1: Love that. And because there is a part of me, you know, honestly, that in my head was mad, you know, like, man, I, I, I just promoted you and I moved a lot of people around for you. And, you know, I put a lot of eggs in this basket for you. And, you know, so a part of me creeped up in the back of my head that had that exact mindset. Um, But the bigger part of me knew that she is a valuable asset to this team. She is loyal. She is dedicated. She is good at her job. So where in the system, you know, where is something off in the system? And then how can I be of even more assistance? So I, I love that recognizing that in people and not just writing off people, you know? Absolutely. And
0: I, you know, it takes patience on our part as leaders, because it, I always would say, you know, it takes more work to, to be a leader like this, but the payoff is so much greater. You know, the extra time, the extra conversations, the, you know, and it's not just to say, hey, I believe in you, you're doing great. Because somebody who knows they're not doing great, when you say, hey, you're doing great, keep it up, they know they're not. So then they feel like you're lying to them. And it's okay to say, look, you're doing great for where you are right now. It's kind of like your, you know, love your body where you are now in your journey. It's kind of, it's the same principle but then to help them say, now let's get you stronger, let's get you focused, and let's get you feeling like you're in control. Because the biggest thing that most people feel is like, I can't control anything anymore. And I think you even said that in the beginning, you know, she's overwhelmed, you know, feels like, you know, I can't juggle all these things. I've got too many eggs in the basket. And you've got to rebuild confidence back to where they have a foundation again. You know, I interviewed a great friend of mine that I've known for a long time. His name is Frank Swoboda. He is the uh, CEO of Corner Booth Media in Spokane, Washington, strangely enough. Uh, He's been a good friend for a long time. And he was sharing with me on uh, the podcast that we taped with him his concept that he calls Circle minus plus. I think that's what it is. Circle minus plus. Now, what he does with his team and for himself is you write out all the things, you know, on a whiteboard or a piece of paper or whatever, but it's bigger. It's I love it when it's on a whiteboard. And in fact, I have one whole wall in my home office that is painted in whiteboard paint. And uh, so you write all the things that you do. And then you go and you stand back and you look at it. And you put a minus by the things you hate to do. And you put a plus on the things that you're good at. But, you know, I mean, you're good at and you can do it and you will do it, but you circle the things that you're good at and you're passionate about. And that as you look at this, you kind of strategize, you know, okay, what does that mean? So the, the minuses, you know, like billing, is there a different way to do that? You know, what ones are the pluses do you still have to do and how do you organize that in your day? And the circles is how do you do that? Because the more we live in our passion, you know, the, where, we, where we do the best, Our results are the greatest. So the more that we can get to, you know, his theory is the more you can live in the circles, you know, do the pluses you need to, but figure out a different way to the minuses. It's, you know, it helps you to conceptualize where your strengths are. And, and with anybody who's going through a sense of crisis, like I just talked to a a couple of wonderful uh, retail leaders um, when I was in Massachusetts, two of them back from maternity leave after, you know, just in the last couple of months, you know, talk about overwhelmed and thinking they can't do it all. <laughs> and I said, let's get back to the basics. You know, what are the things you're good at? Let's start with that. Rebuild. Get your confidence back so that you can say, okay, now where do I go the next step?
1: Yes, I love that. There's, there's a chart in the four-hour work week that I printed out and put top of my manager binder. And it's exactly similar to that circle minus plus. Every task that you're given, will I enjoy this? Is it income generating? You know, yes, yes put it on your action list or delegate. <laughs> so I love that.
0: It's a great reminder because, you know, none of the concepts like, you know, even in, you know, my first book, Tell Me More or the other ones that are in motion right now, none of the concepts are really anything earth shattering. But the fact, you know, why we don't spend time for more active listening and coaching and training often is because we don't practice it enough to be perfect at it. So the more we practice and really have our heads in the game's the right direction, the better we become at these, whether it's as a leader, coaching leaders, you know, sales, taking care of yourself, your life. It's all about the repetition and the practice.
1: And that's what's amazing about what you do, Michael, because you, with these podcasts, help leaders learn how to become better leaders. And the ones that are investing in learning how to be better leaders are already true leaders, if that makes sense. So. You know, it it takes it's going that extra mile to really develop yourself in this area. Read these books, listen to these podcasts, Um, but it gives you insight that that fuels your motivation, so you don't get stagnant.
0: Absolutely, without a doubt. So, with all the things that we've talked about, and I think that uh, it's it's just so fun to learn about another different kind of business because there's so many out there. But at the end of the day, we're still dealing with people and uh, and working with people. If you could. Look back on your life. You could talk to yourself earlier in your career. You know, is there a, a, a you know last piece of sage advice that you would give yourself?
1: Yes, there is. I would say to trust yourself, um, know your vision for the company, and trust that vision. Um, so that's part one: is believing in yourself. Um, it takes some confidence, and it took me some time to get there because it was a new role. I went from tap dancing to you know telling people what to do. So. I- it had a evolution, had an evolution of learning to trust my vision. Um, but once I trusted that vision, um, making sure that I communicate it, and I am bold, and I give my staff the tools they need to believe in that vision. Uh, the third part of it is, if you invest time in people and you you're open and honest with what you want, and they aren't the right fit, let let them go. You know, sooner rather than later. So there is a, you will know again coming to trusting your gut if this person isn't. Is that amazing rock star, super dedicated, just overwhelmed. You know, there are some people that don't align with your vision and those people you need to be bold and strong and and, and let them go, I would say.
0: I used to always say, do I have the right people in the right positions doing the right things? And if I have the right people, no matter what, I can fix it. Because if I have the right person, meaning they have the right attitude, the right, you know, work ethic, whatever, um, and I have them in the wrong position, that's my fault. I, I better fix that. <laughs> if I if I have the right person in the right position, but they're doing the wrong things, that's my fault. I need to fix that.
1: Yep. And I, I've had to learn that because you get personally attached to people. And you know, this summer, both of my studios, I, I asked myself, do I have the right people in the right positions doing the right things? And the answer was no. And both of my assistant managers were outperforming and outshining my managers, you know? So I flipped at both studios, I flip things around, and, and exactly like you said, my job got so much easier. It was incredible to not like have to babysit, to more co co bounce ideas off of each other. It was so amazing. So that is a huge lesson, you know, to to be quick and bold in your actions, be confident in yourself, and then be confident in the choices you are making. I love it.
0: I am so glad we had you on today, and you have been a fabulous guest. I any
1: last uh, thoughts that you'd like to uh, share? Oh my gosh. Well, this was just super exciting and fun. And I'm really grateful to you. So thank you for having me on. Um, And I'm looking forward to reading the rest of your book. Tell me more. I'm three fourths of the way through. So I can't wait to finish that up.
0: Excellent. I love it when people tell me they're reading or have read my books. It's very exciting.
1: (laughs) I heard that you're coming to the Pacific Northwest in November or December, correct?
0: I am. I am headed that way again.
1: We'll have to get coffee and catch up.
0: It sounds like I also have a, a requirement to uh, take a kickboxing class.
1: <laughs> Stated online, so that makes it real.
0: <laughs> oh, boy. All right, I'm there. I'm ready. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Kelly. I'm so glad I had you on today. And uh, if people want to learn more about your studios, how do they find you?
1: Sure, yeah. So they can go to ilovekickboxing.com that would be the best way. Um, and then any other questions, I'm Kelly Hogan on Facebook. So you could type Kelly Hogan, University Place, Washington, or Instagram, you can type completely Kel um, and you can find me there. So, yeah.
0: Fabulous. And we'll have all that online as well for our listeners. Thank you again. Have a wonderful day and we'll be talking to you again soon.